Okay, I know that there are a lot of people asking or wondering what an Android guy, I mean, I'm the, I am the proclaimed Android guy, has to say about this phone. I bought it with my own money. I'm learning how to use iPhones again. And I know I'm not a seasoned iPhone veteran or anything like that, but I just have one. Can, can I just ask you guys one question before we get into the today's show, before we get into the reviews of the new iPhones and all that stuff? Is it, is it okay for me to say that because this phone is so easy to use, because iOS, 10, uh, iOS 12 in this case is so easy to use, that that is what makes it kind of boring? Can I say that? <laughs> I think you could. I, I would agree with that. Because the it's, way that you get around to a certain degree, it's not cool. Yeah, it's like, just utilitarian. Exactly. Like it's easy to use this phone. I know exactly where to go. But the thing is, the way that I move around this phone is also the way literally every other iPhone person gets around their phone. There's not a whole lot of personalization to it. There's no uh, personalization, and- no customization. It's that's it. Using an iPhone is like trying to play a piano with gloves on. You can't do what you want to do or set things up how you want. Yeah, a little bit. And, you know, I'm not, I'm, and I'm, this is the thing. Let me just say, that is not a knock on the merits of the phone itself. It's just a commentary on my own experience with it. Because let me tell you this, I might find it a little bit boring compared to my Android phones that I use on the daily, but I, you know what? I'm enjoying using this phone. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. It's a, it's a perfectly good daily phone that I have very few complaints about. It's just not as exciting to me as uh, many other Android phones. Well, it's going to be boring and a little bit worse than previous iPhones if we have anything to say about that. So, hey. (laughs) Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 325 of The Weekly, brought to you by Pocket Now and Next Day Developers on this day, Friday, the 28th of September 2018. From Facebook to Twitter, Telegram to Hinge. Oh, my God, Hinge is on here. And all of the apps on your phone that you probably shouldn't be on anyways. Let's get talking about all of this stuff. Uh, I am your Facebook messenger, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? And in the booth today, we have Jules Wong, who I wanted to introduce first because many of the stories we're talking about today, he's going to have to help me out on because he happened to write many of them. Yeah, well, I'm... the producer of the show and like i don't think we would have been able to get through a one plus six t rumor without digressing two minutes in and talking about like the htc g1 because of course it's it's a <laughs> 10th anniversary this week yeah i, I kind of missed my i missed my boat in terms of posting that on social media but we'll get to that in a second uh brandon miniman uh simple question here in the script today are you a google minus or a google plus today oh my god I'm so so glad that I'm a Google in the middle. Google zero. (laughs) Google zero. (laughs) Google null. Google null. (laughs) Exactly. And then Insta Jaime Rivera Graham. I would say Insta stories uh, because the man does some stuff every single day. Obviously, I'm talking about the Pocket Now Daily. How's it going, Jaime? I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm actually here. Like Brandon's in the other office. I'm actually going to have to close the door because of the feedback. <laughs> You're going to be able to hear both of us within the mic. Oh, do it live. Let's see it. Let's see it happen. Let's do on it YouTube. live. Let's do it live. No, because I'm all set up because I'm importing footage for another video that we're working on that actually has a lot to do with the way you started the, the podcast, Josh. That mm-hmm. video is going to go live tonight after the daily. And so stay tuned because it has a lot to do. You're not the only person that feels that way, actually. Oh, okay. Fair enough. 
Um, I know that probably a lot of people in the live chat, I, mean, I should pull it up in a second, but I know a lot of people in the live chat are probably commenting right now. They're all like, come on, Josh, you're being too hard on you. Oh, what the hell, man? <laughs> but I totally get it. There are there are reasons why this is such a hotly contested phone. Everyone has opinions on it. But another phone that everyone has opinions on is its competition. And the number one phone in competition is, of course, the Samsung Galaxy Note 9. And according to Consumer Reports... It is at the top of the smartphone ratings, which is a pretty incredible thing to say. I have mine over here. Um, I've actually have, taken the I skin have, off. I have mine with the Rhino Shield bumper, which is my favorite way of having a note because it's like this is such a massive phone. You actually don't want anything in the back, and you can't enjoy the color, and so the bumper just like protects it really well. Everybody remember the iPhone 4, how cool those bumpers were where you had glass yeah, on yeah. glass? I think this is the best way to case a glass phone where you can remember, actually enjoy Remember, Apple sent everyone a free bumper on the iPhone 4 because of AntennaGate? Of AntennaGate, <laughs> which they're actually dealing with. I feel that that's a topic we should discuss, actually, eventually. Eventually. Uh, well, the Note 9, as I have mine here, right now my two dailies are the 10s Max and the Note 9. Um, oh, the Note how 9. Do you do uh, that? It's, it's not easy. My, my pockets are com- constantly drooping. <laughs> <laughs> Need a belt. Um, the, the, does it mess with your LA style pants or? What do you do? Oh well, this is the thing. You know what? You know what is LA style uh, nowadays is um, fanny packs, but it's across the chest like this. Really? So you men are allowed to have bags now. Let me just say that. Okay. I mean that's great. <laughs> I mean I've always been an advocate for the purse, but I mean you could go with the cargos. Mm. <laughs> the cargos for that. Yeah. That we, we, that is something I haven't had in a long, long time. I know. It, like XDA, it's like a it's like a uniform in XDA developers for everybody to bring. Cargos. Pants. I need to start doing the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, in regards to the Note 9, um, main, many of the reasons why this phone is uh, at the top of the ratings have to do with a lot of its internals, obviously. It has the battery life that, according to this story, can last 29 hours, so it can go a full day without charging. Durability has apparently survived 100 drops from heights of about 2.5 feet, which is like, I guess, pocket area. How many phones? Um, who I'm knows? sure that wasn't one. That was not yeah. just one phone. Uh, clearly, it has a better camera than previous generations, and some may argue it might even be better than its competition in a lot of ways. Uh, zoomed photos, portrait modes, and whatnot. And, of course, the final line in this, the only downside of this smartphone is its price, as now all important phones seem to be reaching $1,000 price tags. Yes, I'm basically a walking criminal, like like criminal's magnet. dream right now. Yeah, magnet, because I'm <laughs> carrying these two phones. Um but yes, in my pockets are basically twenty five hundred dollars worth of kit, <laughs> <laughs> and you could rob Joshua uh, at this address. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something. I'm, I have guys. I haven't gotten my my Nest Cam yet. I got to. Tell me something, guys, because I I actually covered this topic on the daily. Do you actually? I don't know. I first of all, Consumer Reports is another publication. They've got a great name. I mean, I feel that they found a great name a, a couple of decades ago. And it sounds like if they were a government agency, but they're another publication just like we are. And so, I I don't know, I find it a little irresponsible to call it the best phone of the year when we've still got three months and about four phones to go. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. I definitely think that um, I I agree, especially as we have the LG, uh, Google coming up. Uh, unless you count your years in some weird way, like from September to September, uh, for any certain reason. I know that we are very Apple-centric in the U.S., so perhaps that might be the case. But I, even then, 
I think that strongly disadvantages any entries from November to December, uh, given that we have to cover these in a whole spectrum. Like, the market is ever-evolving, and to have, like, some sort of arbitrary placement, even if it's for 2018 like like from yeah well there's January to december like that's weird the thing is there are so many phones that are, that are about to come out in october and the to, to and you're right jaime to to crown any one of the phones we have right now as the absolute best is really weird to do when you have one month of what is it like six or seven phones that is about that are about to be and, announced and, and it's and bear in mind this is not that i disagree like is it the best phone so far I have to agree on that. Could I would be, call yeah. it the best phone so far. No, no room for comparison. It, that's not that it's no room for comparison, because uh, like DisplayMate already rated that the iPhone XS Max has a better screen than the Note Nine, even if <laughs> even if they're made by Samsung. <laughs> well, uh, well, <laughs> but here's the thing: like we know, like it's rumored, but it's not confirmed that LG is also building panels for the XS. So we're mm-hmm. we're not sure what panel they were using or if it's LG or I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of hard, man. Yeah. Well, okay. In terms of the iPhone XS Max. Oh, actually, you know what, Brandon, real quick. Um, you're using your Note 9 still, right? No, I'm using uh, the, the <laughs> Max like you, unfortunately. Oh, you don't have more than one SIM card? I guess that's my question. <laughs> um, I, I do, but I like to use uh, one device one. at a time. Uh, okay. Yeah. You're, you're not ADHD like I am. Uh, well, speaking of the iPhone XS Max, um, well, that's the other thing too, Brandon. I hope we'll get some insight from you uh, on the comparison between these two phones as you use them uh, over the next however so long. I've been using these two phones as my dailies, but right now we have the iPhone XS Max, which has a little bit of its own controversy because apparently, as we reported last week on the on the weekly, I should say, um, the iPhone XS and the XS Max happen to have battery capacities that are not necessarily where users wanted them to be. And uh, apparently the iPhone 10 still not really smokes, but it's still better than both of the new iPhones when it comes to battery life. Um, now, clearly in this chart that you're seeing right now, as Jules is bringing up, um, Android battery life is far and beyond <laughs> uh, what these iPhones are capable of. But just as, a, just as anecdotal evidence, I will admit that even though the battery capacities are lower than we might want them to be, the iPhone XS Max has been able to handle days without much problem. I will admit. Here's something. Here's um, something interesting. Um, the uh, if you look at the previous iPhones compared to their Plus versions, the capacity increased like thirty to forty five percent. So like the difference between the seven and seven Plus was much better battery life. Interestingly, this year between the XS and the XS Max, there's only a nineteen percent increase in battery capacity. Or well, yeah. in terms of battery comparison size, uh, when you compare the iPhone 10 to the 10s, it's taken maybe like a sub five percent drop a little bit, and you would hope that a lot of the efficiencies introduced in new hardware, such as the seven, uh, seven nanometer processor, would be able to uh, increase the efficiency, lessen the heat, and you know ultimately you would have much more battery uh, to spare. But in this case, when the average in the whole category of smartphones, at least according to Tom's guide here, uh, doing its test on web surfing cellularly, um, when you have that average at 9 hours 48, uh, 10s Max at 10.38, and uh, 10s at 9.41, that still gets you a good chunk of the day. Now, yeah. what? how much that extra hour or so might depend on what you're doing later at night but hey 
I just, God, these battery tests. It's like, yeah, we're like every human watches a video for 10 hours until the phone dies. That's what every <laughs> human does. Yeah. The biggest um, problem, the biggest problem is the battery life is so dependent. Like, for example, last night I was staying at a hotel that had zero cellular reception. Like, zero. It didn't matter if it was T-Mobile or, or, uh, or AT&T. They were both on the floor. And so if you have bad cellular reception in your area, your battery life is not going to be any better. So it's just, it, it's just so subjective. Now, one thing that I will say is for the sheer size of the Max, just how large the phone is, I have to agree with Brandon, and I don't understand why it's just nineteen percent larger. Like because you're getting you're getting thirty percent gains in the uh, processor, technically, right? It's yes, a seven true, but it's it's not like if you're not getting gains in that massive screen, man. Like it's the well, largest yeah. screen on a phone of its category, and so you've got more pixels to power. They could be OLED, doesn't matter. It does, you know. I just I feel that. Apple, it was too conservative. I, I, I don't know. There, there are reasons why I didn't order the Macs. Um, I just, I felt that there was not enough benefit towards the phone to warrant having to put up with its size. Like I, in the case of the Note, I don't think it would be any. I don't think there's a better way to include something like the S Pen. Like if the screen were smaller and there was an S Pen, I wouldn't find it as useful as the screen being larger. So there's a purpose for this phone to be big. Uh, but then in the case of the 10s Max, it's just a blown-up phone. There's no purpose for it to be big. There's nothing different about it. <laughs> no. I, I agree with you there. And, um, yeah, that's that's been my experience, that I feel like I'm not getting much use out of this actual screen here that is more than what you would get on iPhone X, which I have used. Yeah. So that's the thing. Um, speaking of screen on time, I just wanted to show this real quick. Um, clearly, I have a problem with distraction because this screen time app is telling me that I'm using the phone way too much, and the most used app is YouTube. I am, so. <laughs> I, I am, according to the the what's that called? The screen screen time screen time. I am psychotic. I live. I I <laughs> I check my phone. I check my phone hundreds of times a day. I'm not even kidding. There's something wrong with me. I need I need help. But wait a second! You didn't know that. You didn't know that there was something wrong. I, with you? Or you did? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, this is this is on another level. Like I've got a, I've got a problem, and I need help. Well, this this screen is a very interesting piece uh, of of the puzzle here because we're talking about the cost of the materials when it comes to the iPhone XS Max, and uh, we have an article over on Pocket Now, of course, uh, that deals with how the price. Uh, turns out the way that it does, even if overall the uh, the phone itself costs maybe $443 a unit to produce, in, in particular, the 256 gigabyte iPhone XS Max, which is the most expensive version of the phone. Now, well, the thing the is... Sort there's... of the 512 gigabyte version, but I mean, that's another discussion oh, yeah. we could have for another day. And um, that... <laughs> Oh, that's true. That's true. There's 512. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the 1249 price tag. But uh, it's not really also a fair comparison when you're comparing yeah. it to the iPhone X. And I don't believe Tech Insights gave their uh, storage capacity for that uh, teardown. Uh, okay. But uh, we're talking well, they, about 10% difference here. Yeah. And what I find so interesting about this is that um, the most expensive iPhone might still have a materials price tag of under $500 overall. Uh, but it's not necessarily that the materials themselves are becoming more and more expensive. It's more like the housing costs and component housing rather costs, um, also mechanic costs. Uh, everything is getting more and more expensive to make, not necessarily that the parts are very high in price. Yeah, uh, and, and, and those pricings are, every time that I read that, I'm like, come on, guys. Have you seen how much money Apple invests in marketing? 
Mm-hmm. Like you, you really can't just be like, yeah, the phone costs two hundred dollars to make, right? You need to make a profit. That's how businesses work. They're not just going to give you a phone away. They're not. Not every company shall me. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> here's the thing: is is that Apple continues to report uh, quarterly margins of anywhere between thirty five and forty percent. So that's still a huge chunk. So even if it's not, you know, the massive sixty percent here, half of that they're spending half of that for whatever they need: research, development, marketing. That's still that's, a pretty good track record. Exactly. It's, and, it's, and that's the thing. I mean, to be able to build a phone like this, to be able to build any phone, you require a lot of money in R&D. So it's not like, okay, so the components and machining and and hand labor and this, oh, yeah. And so you think that they just came up with the design of the manufacturing plant, you know, just magically? No. You, yeah, you yeah. require R&D for all these things to be put together. And just think about it. It took two and a half years to build the first iPhone. Can you imagine how much investment went into two and a half years of labor and coming up with a product that will revolutionize the market? And I'm not just, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, give a salute to Apple, but it's true. Like any smartphone before the iPhone was not nothing. Like even Android was not what it was until the iPhone came out. Well, I would argue it's, it's the same thing with the iPods because they had made massive uh, margins on those two. And it has it had been an iterative uh, process for them maybe since gen 3 gen 4 so like yes but you have to time. think about you but here's the thing jules back when you were i i would assume you were like three or four years old uh when yeah. we was th- when we would have to carry dismans around and these would skip like uh every, like whoever actually used the disman would be would like when people see the announcement of the first ipod people don't understand how that product was so significant today because they don't understand what we used before the ipod yeah, that's, and, yeah, that's true. And what was being marketed at the time was very nerdy and kind of unattractive. It was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Like, was in terms no of storage. flat, in terms of flash. So, yeah. So to tell somebody that they could carry one thousand songs in their pocket, like it was, it was unbelievable. Like I remember that I would have to carry this bag. It was called a click case. And so my disc man would go into it, and then it had a spot for like five CDs because obviously there were no CD burners back then. So you had to buy wow. the disc. You had to buy the disc, and there was no MP3s. These didn't exist either. Yeah. So, like, it, it was this. It, people don't understand just how much the iPod changed the market. I, I grew up in the age of Kazaa, man. I, I'm sorry, but yeah, same. Lime uh, lime. I, was, I was like right on. I was born right in the cusp of that uh, of that change, and um, I grew up with cds but then recordable cds became a thing and then we started hustling by burning them and selling them but, <laughs> oh, um, i made so yeah. much cash that way <laughs> shouts out to onkyo by the way that's a ter- that's a that's a brand you never hear oh, anymore boy. that that you oh, that was my, my cd God. player my my but, non-skip but cd player like onkyo isn't onkyo part of technics i'm not sure I'm not sure so where they're you, at. Right. I'm not sure, but oh my god, the brand Technics, like in the '80s, you would pay thousands of dollars for a stereo system from them. Jesus, their quality well, this, was. This all there. reminds me of my favorite line from one of my favorite shows. I don't know if anyone here has watched Parks and Recreation, but uh, Ron Swanson in the show, he's very old school. He listens to records, um, and and you know, he's, he's very he's really old school in that way. <laughs> uh, he's he's really really old school, like a man's man and whatnot. Um, but he had to leave his office but he wanted to listen to his music still so he shows up with an ipod and he goes tom put all of my songs on this rectangle (laughs) (laughs) oh man we've come a long way but one last question i want to ask about this particular story of you guys just a quick hot take um i wanted to know like so 
we understand that there's R&D, there's marketing, there's all of this that goes into the price of the phones because of what they are. But just how much do you think what we might call the Apple tax goes into these phones? Just the fact that this is the brand we're talking about. The, the how much of that do you think goes into it? It's not just that. So the reason why Apple is so profitable so people try to understand why companies like Xiaomi exist. How is it possible that they only make 5% margins over their phones? Obviously, Apple is not making 5%. They're making 100% margins over every product. Like like every business, if you buy a car, it's 100% margin. If you buy uh, real estate, they usually make that amount of margin. That's just the industry standard. Uh, the thing about Apple is they don't just control the product. They control the store. And they make 30% off of every dime that is made. So if you renew your Netflix account through Apple, guess who gets 30% for that renewal? Mm. And so the way so the, the way that Xiaomi makes money through their stores in China is exactly the same way that Apple is so profitable. It's because they control the whole banana and they tax not they it's not the Apple tax doesn't just happen in the hardware, it happens in the software as well. I see. I didn't actually. I actually did not know that very specific piece of info. There. Yeah, so it's thirty. It's literally thirty percent for every movie, thirty percent for every song, thirty percent for anything that is sold within. Like if you do in-app purchases within Apple, they get thirty percent. It doesn't really matter. Like that's the reason why uh, certain applications like Amazon uh, had issues, like selling you Kindles. Like they force you to go to the browser. Because if not, then Apple gets a thirty percent cut over that ebook, for yeah. example. Yeah, and Netflix so, is wow. testing oh, wow. the same thing with a web wrap uh, interface, uh, perhaps. Exactly, exactly, that. to avoid the thirty percent cut. Because so, just do the math. I mean, how wow. much? So, so just do the math. If Apple paid developers forty billion dollars, they got a thirty percent cut over that. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's a pittance to say what they've uh, done to perhaps better the situation because I think it was last year that Phil Schiller was talking about uh, introducing subscription discounts. So if you're subscribed to a certain app with a service, uh, after years um, subscription, Apple's cut drops down to 15%. But that is incumbent that on happened. the user to stay with the app for 12 months consecutively. So there's a lot of stuff that could go, uh, go wrong with that, and you're not really guaranteed the results that Apple's dangling from you, which is why still many of these apps are struggling to figure out, okay, maybe I can circumvent this, or maybe we'll just have to deal with it, and it's kind of crazy. Um, there's a comment in here that I think would tie everything together here from Roshan Chicane. Uh, it is stupid to think Apple became one tri a $100 trillion company by not cutting corners um i and i don't think that it's cut corners in the way that one would conventionally think in terms no. of its own kind of thing but it's able to cut corners it's cutting everyone its... else's corners no, uh, no, yeah. no. okay so <laughs> let, let me let me just say this let me give you an example there's a vehicle brand called lotus in in the i think they're they're uk based they make sports cars but they don't snap a v8 or a v10 engine on these sports cars they simply make a very light chassis, and therefore they can put in a V6, and it'll be just as fast as your V8 or your V10. The fact that Apple is capable of creating software that's so power efficient and so hardware efficient is not their problem. They're just smart. That's the way it is. So they, yes, they have four gigs of RAM instead of eight. How is it that they're able to optimize iOS in a way where they only need four gigs of RAM to perform just as good as an Android phone would require six or eight, that's not something you can blame them for. That's just the smart way to make money, man. 
Well, maybe these cut corners. I mean, you might be able to uh, comment a little bit on this because our next story has to deal with the radios <laughs> that are in oh, the iPhone 10 and the iPhone, yes, the iPhone let's 10s. Let's talk about Max. that one. Yeah. yeah. So, so how much how how much of a problem would it be if Apple uh, apparently uh, may have actually taken some of the code that would support Intel modems from Qualcomm? Now, granted, inside of the phones, what 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 we've discussed this a little bit behind uh, outside of recording podcasts like this and whatnot. That you know, Qualcomm radios. I mean, obviously, they are they they're hot pieces of kit that these Apple phones don't have right now, and it's showing because of the network connectivity issues. And now Qualcomm is filing the suit that's saying that Apple stole some of their code. Um, and, and and they did it problem. poorly. And they did it poorly, by the way. Not just I I don't know, man. I. It's very difficult. I, I hate these legal topics because I'm, it's not that I'm hating over the commenting it over right now. It's just I hate going through these legal topics because it's it's you know a lot of companies will just start throwing in their what what they assume is going to happen and this and that. No, it's it yeah. takes a while. Well, there's a lot things. of prerogative. Yeah, definitely. There exactly. And so, but here's the thing. Um, obviously, if all iPhones are now using Intel modems that. Somehow these Intel modems are using Qualcomm patents to be able to work on CDMA for Verizon and Sprint. So it's not, you know. Well, I mean, it's it's a very difficult thing. So this is all Qualcomm's claim. Uh, They have not sued on this particular claim. They have added this uh, accusation as part of a brief for another lawsuit, which is more patent related. But, you know, if there is a lot of still proprietary code that is not uh, under a, a patent, but also that, you know, that they're talking about that is perhaps maybe a trade secret or that could be a differently classified thing. But we go back to Apple. It is known for diversifying its parts sources as much as possible to drive price competition between those suppliers and make sure that they're able to uh, provide, you know, for less. And with this... Um, Apple and Qualcomm and Intel, there's been a lot of talk about how much everyone wants to pay or everyone wants to offer to be able to provide a modem uh, to Apple Mm -hmm. for its very, very popular iPhones. And I think uh, our next story, which talks about... I was about to say. Yeah. yeah. Qualcomm Qualcomm is still positive that they can have a relationship with Apple still. Um, I hope they they do, because I have a story for you guys. (laughs) <laughs> well, right now the issue is over the price of the intellectual property. So uh, there is a precedent for this kind of thing where back in back in China, and we know a lot of Chinese manufacturers are prominently showing Qualcomm's name on the back of their phones. If you look at that Xiaomi yeah. uh, Mi 8 Explorer Edition, the logo is like right there in the back in the translucent backing. Yeah, um, but clearly there's there, there had to be some way for Qualcomm to provide their patents and also in a way provide their 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 products to these Chinese manufacturers in a way that actually worked for those Chinese manufacturers. So back in Beijing, there was a there was a claim that was made. Uh, there was a, there was a final claim that said that there has to be a lower rate that Qualcomm provides to Chinese manufacturers, which might add to the whole point that Chinese phones like Xiaomi's are generally a little bit lower in price when it come when you compare them to their Western constituents. But yeah, um, Qualcomm is still thinking that once those things are ironed out, they could they could possibly come back into the Apple fold. Let's let's hope they do because um, two things. Uh, so David Kogan and I, he was making a video which I highly recommend. It's his iPhone XS Max complete walkthrough, um, and he's like, "Dude, let's go run those speed tests of that video that you did for between the Galaxy Note Nine and the iPhone Ten to see how it performs." Um, so I brought the new XS, which 
apparently, in theory, has 4x4 MIMO and Gigabit LT. I don't know if 4x4 MIMO, but L- Gigabit LT. We brought the Note 9. We brought his 10s Max, and guess what phone won? The Note. <laughs> the Note 9 by God. So I was getting 160 megabits down on the Note 9. I was getting 68 megabits down on the iPhone XS, and XS Max was pretty much the same number. I was getting 30 down on the iPhone X. Why is there such a difference, like, technically? Do you know? Uh, so it, the question is, what bands are supported, supported by that modem? Does the XS and XS Max, do the XS and XS Max have, the, have all the bands that T-Mobile is now offering is the question because T-Mobile is the network that provides those gigabit speeds in New York. Sadly, I don't, I don't know of any spots where I could go with an AT&T phone and get those same speeds. Uh, and viewers, listeners, if anybody knows, please chime in the comments and we would, lovely, we would love to go test them. Like, no problem. But, uh, but uh, all yeah, I, I, well, second, I was about Jules. to say. Give me a second, Jules. Okay. All I know is, um, is of that sector in 57.7. Go, go run your test if you want. And so two things. That's the first one, you know, the differences in, in battery life. Sorry, the differences in data speeds. And then, guys, how good is your battery life on your 10S's, 10S Maxes, man? Because, I mean, the battery life on, on, like, people are complaining about the battery life on their iPhone 10S's, And they're also complaining about the connectivity of their phones. That's another piece of news that's happening. True. Um, like I said earlier, battery life seems to be pretty standard for me. I haven't had any problems. Uh, I, I haven't had what I used to call the iPhone syndrome where you have to, the iPhone phrase where you always have to walk around and go, do you have a charger? Do you have a charger? <laughs> do you yeah. have a charger? Okay. I haven't had that wall, problem, wall thankfully. You <laughs> yeah, exactly. And <laughs> the wall hugger. <laughs> but you know, I, I haven't had any problems with it. Um, but that said, um, it does seem like a gross oversight to me that there is not a fast charger in the box. Um, we don't even have to talk about the audio stuff because, to be frank, I do have a pair of AirPods, uh, so I do use them with the iPhone XS Max. Um, but, yeah, as far as power is concerned, thank God I have my own chargers because they do charge the phone pretty quickly. And, uh, and how about your Wi-Fi connectivity? Because that's the thing. Like, that was the thing I'm, I was going to say. Like, if I'm, in my, if I'm in the room of my apartment with the router in the living room, I get connection on every device, uh, on every Android device, but iPhones, they don't get Wi-Fi. Wow. I haven't had a problem with that yet. I have a, I have a Google Wi-Fi mesh network in my house, and um, I haven't had any issues with Wi-Fi connectivity. I know that uh, just a kind of a shameless uh, uh, shout out to um, um, Mr. Rettinger over at Techno Buffalo. He did say that he had Wi-Fi connectivity issues wherein he would leave his Wi-Fi network of his house, come back, and it would not automatically reconnect. Interesting. Um, I don't have that. I don't have that either. As far as Wi-Fi is concerned, I'm okay. I'm good. But when it comes to data speed connections, I will admit I did notice that it was slower um, when I was shopping at Costco. I'm such an old man. And uh, <laughs> a lot of good samples. I was, I was they, in they line s- trying to download stuff for a game, and it was taking forever. They yeah. sell good rustistry, man. Ro- it is. Yeah, I agree. yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. Uh, and I just wanted to make a complimentary point. Like, what technologies in you know that uh, T-Mobile network are they not perhaps supporting like um, the high level? I, I don't know what the num. I don't well, know. It's what not the just bands, band but is. also uh, quadrular amplitude uh, QAM or whatever the heck that is. Or four by four MIMO. Four by four MIMO is part of it, but also uh, carrier aggregation as well as a QAM, which Qualcomm also claims. So as its own. so 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 to be able to do carrier aggregation, so gigabit LTE is possible through carrier aggregation. So. I, to my understanding, if you've got Gigabit LTE, that's how you get it done. 
Um, but the 4x4 MIMO is what I'm not sure if it's on the iPhone XS. That's the thing. I do know that every device with a Snapdragon 845 has it, but I don't know of of, uh, of the iPhones. It's research that we're still doing. Well, Qualcomm's marketing. Yeah, no, I was about to say Qualcomm's marketing is that all four of the uh, all of those MIMO, uh, QAM, as well as uh, carrier aggregation is their kind of package uh, of what they uh, classify as gigabit LTE. Uh, capability so right. that's what they're talking about and if intel maybe has some code but not all of it or it's something um that's it's weird it's weird it's emulation it, it is weird and i mike my, my device is the carrier unlock what device do you guys get unlocked um and i've been wanting to put yeah, oh yeah, this is a good this is a good time for me to ask the question if i have a carrier unlocked version of the iphone can i put a verizon sim in there or is it only a gsm uh no it won't the Verizon sim won't work on it which is the the so I don't know about the 10s Max or 10s I know that in in every in every device before the seven you couldn't I don't know about the ten um that is a good question because now it's just one skew yeah I'm that, gonna that, I'm gonna that, give that it a try a good question because that's the yeah. thing like you can do it with an LG phone or a Samsung if you've got a Verizon sim you could put a Verizon sim on an on an AT and T Note nine so long as it's unlocked and it'll somehow work. Uh, yep. Because again, it's it, because the the Snapdragon 845 supports the CDMA bands. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas if you do it on, again, like my son was trying to do it with a seven plus, didn't work. Didn't uh, okay. Work. Well, we're talking carriers at the moment. There is there are a couple of last stories in this first segment, and one of them, the first one uh, of our two right now, had to deal with T-Mobile as we were talking about uh, and their acquisition of Metro PCS. Um, now it's not just an acquisition; it's a change to what they have acquired. Uh, it is Metro PCS, but now they're going to just call it Metro. I mean, we've already been calling <laughs> Metro for the past however many years since you know, especially after the acquisition in 2012. It's yeah, amazing. it was a while back. Yeah, yeah. and they're, they're they're kind of changing up the plans and whatnot. But this is another one of those incentivizing um, changes that we talked about a little while back. I'm trying to remember with who. Um, Sprint. Sprint was trying to put all of these different add-ons and incentives to their plans. And this is the same thing with Metro. Uh, apparently, you're going to get uh, Google One Cloud Storage with this. Uh, also, Google One. Terrible name for it, but Google One Cloud Storage. Um, if you bump it up to $60 monthly, then Amazon Prime is bagged in as well. So this is a this is what could be generally considered a budget category when it comes to all the phones that Metro has, given their service as well. But does this make the service itself much more enticing if you get things like Google One and, more importantly, Amazon Prime? Um, very quick thing. Uh, Amazon Prime is a real a real benefit. Let me just say real quick, because the other day they announced two-hour shipping, deliver, uh, two-hour delivery for free on Prime Now from Whole Foods. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I'm stocked on butter now. Because so of, all you got, because all of you got was butter? <laughs> Oh, ghee and butter, yes. Yeah. Um, but just saying, there is a benefit to it. So if you get Amazon Prime, there are some real tangible benefits. And I think a lot of people who discount Amazon Prime are not really using all of the services that are included with it. So that's just I one thing I want to put out. I don't. I don't take advantage of Prime Music. I don't take advantage of Prime Video. I have never walked into a Whole Foods in New York. I should. What? Oh, okay. That's like my first that. stop every time. Because <laughs> I need to get stuff from my Airbnb slash apartment slash slash hotel room. So. Yeah. Um, but in any case, and um, they're also, Brandon. I, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Brandon. Go ahead. Brandon has something. Yeah, to I was going to say, yeah. Brandon, we haven't heard from you in a little bit. I wanted to see what your thoughts were on. Yeah, I'm just listening. Um, do you guys remember Boost Mobile and their tagline, Where You At? They had like grannies do that. 
Oh, my God, no. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but I think that the slogan on this Metro by T-Mobile, isn't it genius? I'm like, no. <laughs> what like, is I, what is I the slogan? No, That's it's genius. Slogan. Uh, yeah, Jules, just play it again. It's it's That's uh, genius. That's it. That's, That's the genius. Same. That's their slogan. I'm That's like, genius. Really? That's what What's genius about that? Like, wow. really? That's such a John Legere thing to, to say, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, they can't be the uncarrier. So, I mean, that's, you know, it has to be something smart. And, uh, oh, that's genius. So, I guess that's how they're putting it. Uh, and, again, this cements T-Mobile's kind of uh, presence in Metro because they've long relied on Metro um, T-Mobile's uh, network. So, this just puts it in front. And, also, uh, T-Mobile is trying to make the case that they want to be able to keep all of their prepaid carriers. So uh, when talking about that merger with Sprint, they have three carriers that have more than half of the share of the prepaid market. They actually did an interesting move in um, allowing customers to choose whether they pay before their term or after their term. So before the month or after their month, which is, and that kind of maybe disrupts if you want to uh, say that generously, uh, the concept of a prepaid carrier. So that might be something to watch for in the coming days. Yeah, Pre- probably so. Prepaid is great for the carrier because they don't have to deal with people that don't pay. You know, they get no, the money in, in Latin America, it's the way to go. Like, they, it's cheaper. It's funny, but it's cheap. It, it costs me the same money to make a call to the United States from Honduras than it does to call within Honduras just if I'm using a prepaid plan because they just don't want to deal with the drama of, be, of billing people. They just want them the money ahead of time. Yep. Mm, yeah. So the switch well, could be a little bit weird. It could be. Uh, speaking of weird switches, uh, apparently the feed on Twitter is going to be getting some changes. And oh not to say that anybody, <laughs> not to say that anybody has become very used to the highlights version of the feed. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who say this about Instagram and Twitter that when it changed from a reverse chronological order feed to a highlights feed, it was not a very well uh, received change. But it looks like Twitter is going to double back a little bit. They're going to go back to, for the most part, a reverse chronological order feed. But there is going to be a setting that allows you to, quote unquote, see the best tweets first. Um, So they are going to have a bit of a curation uh, that is added into the reverse chronological feed. But for the most part, you'll be able to look at things from a, a, for lack of a better term, uh, historical context. So things are going to be based upon when they were last um, posted. Now, if you use something like, I feel like if you use something like TweetDeck, this was never an issue. Yeah, right? yeah. Like the, the third-party apps never got the um, the curated version. Yeah, exactly. So I, I haven't, I honestly, I have not. Aside from the mobile app that I use to post and maybe look at, make replies and do stuff like that, I don't look at that feed very often. Um, you know, sometimes the Twitter highlights come in and someone's like. Um, I don't know, David Kogan and Brendan Miniman liked Jaime Rivera's tweet, and I'm like, what's oh, that tweet? Oh God. <laughs> I hate it when I I hate it when I get notifications like, did you see what Joshua Vergara just posted? But usually, or, or, usually the or high... this is screw this that is guy. Brandon, yeah, or this is Brandon Miniman's first post in a while. Have a look. If and you like, if you take the time to look at highlights, they're actually pretty good. Well, if Why? I care, I mean, well, if I Why? care, because Brandon that, would be the contrarian here. Geez, if I care that much about what certain people have to say, I would subscribe to their tweets and I would deal with you know and get the, notifications, notifications, right? Notifications, yeah. but hey, yeah, like come on. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, well, okay, I'll admit that I go through the highlights a little bit. And since we have been talking about 10s Max uh, versus Android type stuff, um, I, I, I noticed that the highlights on iOS look different than the ones on Android. On Android, they have the swipe, like the magazine, the zine style one. Yeah. And then on, on iOS, it's just this like scroll of, uh, of, of, of the different highlights. Well, I thought that was interesting. Um, but overall, I think that... Yeah, I haven't had a problem with this. Like, I've, I've been looking at reverse chronological order since TweetDeck was a thing, so I'm not. Well, really I mean, TweetDeck, <laughs> but you know, they never had the uh, the desktop version. Never had any toggles for uh, see the best tweets first. It was mainly, oh, that's true. It's mostly uh, yeah. Mobile, so, so maybe that'll come in. Yeah, because TweetDeck uh, uh, TweetDeck is owned by Twitter at this point, right? Isn't it? So yeah. Mm. Yeah, so maybe it'll get something like that. But maybe you know, Instagram has not made that 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 shift yet back to just reverse chronological order. I still see things from like 18 hours ago that I'm like, I don't care. Like because sometimes it's sometimes it's stuff that's not relevant. Why are you talking? It, it's dinner time. Why am I looking at breakfast tweets? You know, like, um, that's something I always notice when I look at my Instagram feed. I think Instagram could do so much of a better job of putting in your feed stuff that might be of interest. They're like, I don't know if you guys have ever spent time in like the Explore tab on Instagram. There's so many Instagram accounts that I think would be interesting. I like cars. I like uh, <laughs> phones, you know. And why, like, Why I, is it that all, all I get are women in bikinis, man? Why is it that I get I was <laughs> just about to say, when you look at one, ba- like the quote unquote bad thing, on Instagram, all of a sudden the Discover tab is all of that. Yeah. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Thirst bad traps for yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking well, about, bad thing? We are going to talk about Instagram some more, especially after some really big developments over at Instagram and Facebook land. But we are first going to go pay some bills. This episode of the Pocket Now Weekly is brought to you by Jamf Now. And this ad was brought to you by a local coffee shop. That's usually where our copywriter, Jules, does his work these days on the go. A lot of us do, actually, including people who run businesses. And if you're managing a tech fleet of Macs, iPads, and iPhones for employees near or far, Jamf Now is definitely here to help you out. With Jamf, you can distribute settings for Wi-Fi and email, standardize preloaded apps and data, plus lock and wipe a device from anywhere. After all, you had to buy all of those machines, so it's important to make sure that they work to your order, no matter where they are. So, what are you waiting for? As a weekly listener, you can sign up and manage your first three devices for free. Do you need to handle more? It's just $2 per device per month. Start off by heading over to jamf.com slash pocketnow. That's J-A-M-F dot com slash pocketnow to get started for free with Jamf now. All right, really quick check in with everybody as we come back from the break. Um, just just quickly, we did hear a little bit about the iPhone XS Max from me, a little bit of the data connection test uh, from Jaime. Brandon, how's this past week been for you? Do you have a thought thread for us this week as you usually do? <laughs> not this not this week, except that I'm looking forward to ditching the XS Max and uh, going back to my <laughs> OnePlus 6. Um, now that Pi Stable is out for the OnePlus 6, I'm excited to try that out. I have to install it. Yeah, I've been hearing some really good things about it. You should try it because the open betas were really good. Even the developer preview is good. So I can't imagine how good the stable The developer was. preview was terrible, but then the open beta was, was fine. Eh, I don't agree, but whatever. You're, 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 you're more an XDA developer than anything. It was, I'm just a guy that uses a phone. I want it to be stable, and it was stable. But maybe, <laughs> maybe you didn't flash it right. I don't know. It sounded like something out of a rom-com. I'm just a guy <laughs> using a phone. I'm just, I'm just a guy who wants it to be stable. I think that's a, <laughs> that's more of a. So, so you're and telling you know me what? that you're, you're in the wrong com. Go for it. 
I was just going to say the uh, one thing that I will give OnePlus so much credit for is the thought that they put into their OS. Um, Oxygen is just a breath of fresh air, for lack of a better way of putting it, Uh, (laughs) because (laughs) because for one for one thing, um, one thing I really dislike about the huge screen on the 10s Max is that I have to reach for everything. Now you can do the whole um, reachability thing, which I turn on. It's kind of lame, right? It's hard to use. yeah, and the thing is, like, you know, if I'm going to have folders in the dock to reach for it, and I, the Note 9 has this problem too, let me just say. I hit I hit the folder, then I got to reach up to hit my icon. On Oxygen, everything's down here. See, I actually I actually don't like that. Really? Because <laughs> the thing about it is if, if the folder – I was about to grab another phone. Uh, but if the, fo- <laughs> if the folder if the folder is like up – let's say the folder is up here, but then you get the icons down here. Like I hate the Note 9 throwing them all the way up there. I like yeah. how the iPhone leaves the folder close to where your finger is. It, it doesn't kind move of, direction. Yeah, but your folders are like – okay, then, then it's a very specific thing for me because your folders are like on the home screen while I have them down here on the dock. Yeah. So a little bit different. Yeah. Also, full screen gestures, I still hate them. But this whole multitasking. Oh, I use that swipe, so much. So you know much. what? I'll admit that's not bad. And when I went back to the Poco phone, which I'm trying to finish the review of finally, uh, it not having that actually made me mad. So I'll, I'll, I'll give some kudos to iOS in that. Way. Well, you know, you can just double tap the recents in Android. It does the same thing. It's not as fast and smooth, but you can do it. Not if you have full screen gestures on the Poco phone. MIUI, MIUI makes you swipe up and hold. There's no quick recents on, on full screen gestures there. Got to turn on the nav bar if you want. Got to turn on the nav bar, right. Yeah. All right, cool. So um, uh, I guess we can go ahead and get into our main stories because there's so many of them, but well, they're main, all main related. Main topic. Uh, main topic. Okay, fine. Okay, fine, Jules. Mr. I wrote all these stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's All true. of these. I mean, all... Well, here's well the there's thing. been a... Yeah. So, um, Facebook has had a rough kind of the past few weeks. Years? I mean, years, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, you know, elections and all that. But also, um, the fact that it hasn't been generating enough profit, and that caused a whole, you know, kind of $120 billion wipe from its stock value in one day, which is terrific, I guess you could say. Um, and then today, we also had the... Uh, account breach, uh, 50 million accounts under compromise because of a site uh, vulnerability. So there's a whole bunch of stuff happening. But Yeah, there's not... a story breaking like right now. I just got a notification that there was a hack. Yeah, 50 today. million accounts. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Um, but the thing is that, well, it's not just Facebook because it owns Instagram. It owns WhatsApp, a lot of apps mm-hmm. that we uh, use every day. I know, Jaime, you, you're a WhatsApp fiend and also Instagram fiend. So, like, you're kind of encompassed by the whole Facebook um Clause of justice. I, 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 they just bought the apps, but the moment, like right now, that the CEO, the co CEOs of Instagram have left, I don't know what's going to happen because the, the, I, I like the fact that they're not Facebook. Well, I mean, the thing is that there has been a lot of Facebook control exerted over it because the Wall Street Journal has been reporting that a lot of staffers were taken aback and that they had to deal with a lot of Facebook teams uh, overriding what they have done. And Which been- is the reason why I think the CEOs have left. I mean, I feel that they just were they they a lot of the like you know that recently in the quarter results call, like Facebook instructed WhatsApp, you have to make money, you have to figure out a way to make money, and WhatsApp has been reluctant to monetize. Uh, Instagram ads, wasn't. Yeah. 
in Instagram, Instagram wasn't the same story. They do monetize, but they're not. God, like Facebook is like the the crown jewel for gossip and just terrible media. It's like, my, my I know my parents love it, but like, <laughs> but Instagram know, has been trying to you? hold to a standard, though. Yeah, indeed, they have been trying to hold to a standard. And I just had this conversation with a couple of our fellow influencer friends, if we get, if I can use that term. Um, we had a discussion uh, last so you night. You were over talking dinner. to Michael Fisher because he hates that. <laughs> Who was it? Who well, was you it? know what? Quick, quick, quick shout out to Trisha Hershberger and Jessica Naziri. They were the two that I was hanging out hey, with because they're both oh, nice. they're both LA natives. So well, not natives; they live in LA. Um, so we were talking about the Instagram feeds, uh, and one thing that they really enjoyed about Instagram was that it was very Spartan. Like you don't get inundated with all of these different feeds over on the sides or any yeah. of these extra links. It's just a, it's just all about the content. And Facebook has a huge problem when it comes to throwing information in your face. Um, and also that information may or not actually um, be relevant to you because let's put it this way. On YouTube, it's very easy to know that if you want to follow somebody, if you want to know what they're going to be posting, you subscribe to them. But on Facebook, you have to like them. What does that mean? (laughs) You have to hit the thumbs up like button and then all of a sudden you start getting everything from them when maybe you didn't want to. Like I didn't subscribe to you. I just said that I like you. Well, you can like them, but also you can follow them or you could not like them and and then unfollow and then they do like – You can change what the feed shows you. You can say like you know stuff that only you're tagged in and whatnot. It's a crazy amount of information. And with the CEOs of Instagram leaving, a lot of the fears, like you said, Jaime, is that Facebook is going to inject all of this uselessness into what is probably the only darling uh, social media platform right now. I just I can't wait for, to see what the co-CEOs come up with, with next because um, sadly Instagram has destroyed Snapchat. I don't know if sadly, um, but they just have. <laughs> they literally have. And uh, I I don't know, man. I I like features like that are coming out with Android Pie and with iOS 12, where you you get to see how much you, how much time you spend on social media. Probably the worst thing about Facebook, and it's the reason why I avoid it, is because Facebook knows exactly how to keep me browsing their product. They don't care about you. They care about you spending time on their product because this is the way they make money. But they don't care if you're productive or unproductive, if you're making money or not. They want to make money off of you no matter what. And probably Facebook is the worst service to achieve that. So if this is the death of social media as we know it, because Facebook is going to ruin Instagram fully, then fine, so be it. I think that it will actually help me be more productive anyways. You know, that that's just the way I see it. It's just, it's, it's, God, Facebook is such a bad service. Just, it, you get to see how socially awkward Mark Zuckerberg is thanks to his product. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that that's one of the controversies that has happened with this thing, because you remember the unsend controversy that uh they were testing they were so quote-unquote testing an unsend feature for facebook messenger and a lot of um, mark zuckerberg's old friends kind of uh, were scrolling around and noticing hey these uh messages from this thread have suddenly disappeared from mark like why is that the case and it took a lot of uh arm twisting for facebook to realize that um yeah, we actually have discussed this feature and blah, blah, blah. It's, We're going to do this it's and a that. Totally, it's a completely unethical service, and I think it's proven in politics and so many things. You know, so. Well, that, that, that's the thing. Like Even even just this past week, uh, there was a whole segment of it on John Oliver's show on last yeah. week tonight yeah. about how Facebook has actually – and you know what? I 
I'm Filipino. I date someone who's from the Philippines. Facebook is the free network in the Philippines. When you get a SIM card from any one of the carriers there, it comes with Facebook free. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You actually, so long as you don't browse photos, you don't pay for data. I know. Exactly. Wow. They don't pay the, for data. Yeah. It's, it's, inter- it's very interesting what Facebook someone does. With, someone with a borderline dumb phone could look at Facebook for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's crazy. You know, and, that, and that's how most people get their news because they, otherwise they're paying for data. And it's, it's crazy how Facebook has been able to insert themselves in that regard. I do want to go back to one point that you made, Jaime, that uh, you're looking forward to what the CEOs of Instagram are going to think of next. Because as it says in this first, uh, this first article here for our topic, they're planning on taking some time off to explore curiosity and creativity again, which is actually kind of the same thing that the founder or rather co-founder of WhatsApp said when he departed the Facebook board of directors as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, What's his name? Jan Coombe, um says that he'll be taking some time off to do things I enjoy outside of technology. Oh, man. If only we all had so much money for us to be able to do that well, in our lives as well. Yeah. A lot of burnout. <laughs> what, what social media do you use, Brandon? I use um, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Okay. So, so the, the big three. It was, yeah, it was so funny. Last night uh, I had dinner with Jaime, and then we, we were walking back to the car. And he was, he was saying how terrible Facebook is. But then he said, but then he said, but, uh, you know, Instagram, I like Instagram. And I'm like, yeah, Instagram stories are so hot right now. He's like, yeah, you know, Instagram's such a happier place. And then, and then we looked at each other and he was like, oh crap, Facebook owns Instagram. <laughs> yeah. God, it's, it's, I wouldn't uh, be surprised if we start seeing more integration with stuff, uh, from Facebook into, cause isn't that what kind of WhatsApp has been kind of dealing with as well? Like it, it's, it's still been able to be the messaging app we all remember, but isn't Facebook slowly just sort of like it their own tentacles it- tendrils yeah i, I, I don't know I, I like whatsapp for what it is i just um there are certain things about whatsapp that are not that are not perfect honestly i wish i wish telegram were more popular because i feel that it's the more complete messenger service but hey, you know fair yeah fair. does it have video chat yet yeah i think so yeah whatsapp oh, does okay. whatsapp right. does Took telegram a long line a uh, long time so. telegram i don't know telegram i don't know i haven't used it in a bit because nobody's oh, okay. there it's like the blackberry messenger because <laughs> I, I, I mentioned a second ago that, you know, being Filipino, we know what Facebook has done to our country in, in a certain extent. So uh, Isa, my girlfriend and I, um, we, we tried to boycott Facebook services, but it's kind of hard to because Facebook Messenger, she doesn't have to pay for data if we use video chat. It's the worst. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> um, crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. Well, one thing uh, that I'm also worried about, too, is uh, virtual reality thanks to uh, Oculus being owned by Facebook. And uh, we've been talking about how virtual reality has been evolving, uh, if only in just the enterprise space, because that's where a lot of deployment can happen. And uh, there's uh, been talk about um, sexual harassment training and a lot of uh, these experiences being done through VR to perhaps increase empathy and to make it more effective than previous efforts have been to uh, prevent sexual harassment. And there are, there's been just the whole general thought of, you know, how these uh, experience, experiences are effective at curing phobias, at making people go through certain experiences that they might not have before. And with all of that, like, I'm wondering, all right, so what's going to happen with Facebook and Oculus in the future? Because at this point, they're still on the Well, they, they the announced first the product. Well, they, they announced the product. I mean, they're on the first floor of hardware, but it's still a while yet before we find, you know, certain apps or categorized or something that can be commoditized 
and then exploited for services and whatnot. Advertising. Josh, I, Josh were you very, in the, yeah, were you very in inflammatory the, comments there, like exploited. Were you in the it. were you in the uh, briefing of the LGG five in Barcelona? I'm more than sure that you were there. I'm pretty sure I was. Yes. So do you remember the VR approach from LG, where it was like a pair of sunglasses, oh, and then it had a USB C cord, a USB C oh, yeah, cord where you would put your phone on your pocket, and yep. then it was just so small, so practical. Mm-hmm. So I think that VR is not going to take off, regardless of what companies do until they come up with a solution that practical, that easy to carry. There, there's a great art piece that um, I encourage everyone to see. It's from, uh, what's his name? Uh, Keiichi Matsuda, and it's called Hyperreality, and uh, it's just a whole bunch of, um, it's like the dystopian world of what if this was our lives, and there's just a whole bunch of stuff, lots of loyalty programs, this girl, oh. woman's on a bus, and there's uh, people talking to her, and it's just crazy. So I encourage you to look at that. I can't wait till I can put in contact lenses and experience another reality. And you know what's going to happen? We're going to be putting our contact lenses and playing virtual ping pong. And then we're going to look off to the right. There's a table and there's going to be a Coca-Cola bottle. We look off to the left and a Walgreens store is going to be there because advertising in VR is going to happen. Yeah, exactly. We're just going to keep looking around and we're just going to be seeing Kylie Jenner everywhere. Oh, no. (laughs) But see, okay, so here's the pro. Here's the thing. I really wouldn't mind. So – Let's not talk about politics, but I, I guess even if I like capitalism, I guess I'm against the prospect of a future like that because of the capitalist need of companies to impress their investors. Because what's the problem? That all these companies, what do these these companies just come up with these products to figure out ways to sell you new things? And so it just, it deters from whatever enhanced experience you can have because they have to sell you ads because they need to make their investors happy. And so the problem is that there's a lot of lack of ethics because it's all about making a dime. And that pisses me off. Yeah. I mean, mean, it's always. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's always been like that. There's a book out there called Marketers Ruin Everything. Anytime somebody has your attention, whether it's a billboard on the road or a commercial on television or a YouTube pre-roll ad or a magazine ad or, you know, newspaper ad, you know, marketers have to find a way to access people. And, and it's always going to be that way. It's not – I don't think it's like – you know, you made it sound like it's evil or – It's not that it's evil. It's just the purpose I, – so I, I like the concept of certain companies wanting to no longer be public companies, that they want to buy back and become private companies because they're pissed at the fact that there are a lot of things that they want to do, but their board of directors doesn't allow them to do it because it doesn't make investors happy. Short-term profits, it, yeah. That's it's that's that's what I don't like. It's that whole concept that we have to do it for the investors. We have to do it for the investors. Let's fire 30,000 people because we're going to let go of our hardware division because we have to make the investors happy. How oh, is Microsoft. that better for society? <laughs> How is that better for yeah. society? You know, so not I'm not saying that everything is bad. I like the whole concept of the stock market and being able to invest and it, there's a purpose for it. It's just it's been prostituted into making the investors happy happy at the expense of humanity that's what pisses and it me always it never has always been about that i mean there has been a lot you mean you've heard the phrase over and over again to enhance shareholder value over and over again for these public companies that hasn't always been like that uh and if you go all the way back into like industrial times i mean again we talk about henry ford and um you know uh, giving his workers a decent wage so that he they can afford the product that he's selling which was uh, the Model T's. So 
there was exactly that but, but then but then but then but then even in those times and, and let's move away from politics but even in those times <laughs> they needed to give people employment so in during the times of the depression it's not like let's figure out ways to not give jobs it's to make the investors happy no we have to give people jobs for them to be able to consume you know that's just yeah. the way it was yeah um the Baganah weekly like your thanksgiving dinner <laughs> staying away from politics, staying away God. from religion. Yeah, I, I, I encourage you to read the book Upton from Upton Sinclair, and, and uh, the, the if well that didn't generate the laughs that I wanted, but whatever. Um, also, uh, I was about good, to uh, say like you know that that is referenced a lot in this type of <laughs> a sincere podcast oh, suggestion man. for all of you uh, from American Public Media, uh, the people who make Marketplace, the business program on NPR. Uh, there's this thing called Make Me Smart. Molly Wood, great host, uh, formerly of uh, all the places, New York Times, CNET, and then Kai Rizdal, who's just awesome in general, and they talk about a lot of this stuff. So, hey, just a podcast suggestion. Oh, yeah. There we go. Nice. And there's some APM money in Jules's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> they're public media. They're not profit. I can't, I can't take that. No, just bringing it back to what we were saying. Like, you know, because because <laughs> I'm trying to remember who I had this conversation with uh, recently is that um, what our or maybe it wasn't a conversation maybe I heard this on a podcast also but um, the uh, we used to make money by providing goods and services now goods and services are easy to make because of automated processes and now we make money by selling the things that have already been created and you know but the thing is there still have to be hands that create those things they get paid much less than the people who sell the things that are being created and it's, it's, it's crazy how we've moved into this world now where everything is ad marketing and whatnot. Because I was going to make the comment earlier, I wish we could find a new way of monetizing anything, but it's always going to be based upon marketing something else. Um, that's, that's the thing. The, so, the only other that. alternative is that you know Facebook and all these other companies that are an ad platform can charge you to use the service. You know That's the only alternative, right? I mean, how else, yeah. how else can you monetize? And no them? one is going to like that. No. Imagine no if one. all of these free services, free data services in countries like the Philippines and Indonesia, all of a sudden said you have to pay for it. Like, like literally pay for it. You're paying for you, your you, phone you, plan, but then you it's also you know $3 gonna dollars a month. You know what's going to happen? Wait a second. You know what's going to happen? What's going to happen is that you're going to end up using only what you need. That's what's going to happen. True. When you put it, when you put a when you put a uh, a selective wall up in front of somebody, they realize what it is they they truly need. Yeah. And there is some merit to that, but unfortunately, there's the other issue. And again, I'm not saying we should get into the whole politics of anything or economics or whatnot. But even if you create that, that makes users more mindful. They don't have the resources to figure out what they need. Exactly. So they're going to end up using them all. Oh my God! Have we achieved that with this model? That we have? <laughs> Pretty much. God, I love your sarcasm, Jules. I love your sarcasm. <laughs> All right. So enough Facebook before we get into, because you know what? The world, the, yes, things kind of suck, but you I know mean, what? Let's this, just remember. This podcast would turn into nihilism at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do it. So let's let 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 let's turn to something a little bit more light, a little bit more fun. Um, you know, you could you could you could take that with a grain of salt because we are talking about Motorola, and um, th- <laughs> and finally, <three> day- <laughs> and finally, three days ago, Motorola turned ninety. I kind of like this logo that they used here because it, it it adds in the infinity symbol and whatnot. And, you know, that 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 that's good marketing. But are they going to be around for thing. that long? That's though. not a. That's not a Lenovo thing. That's a Motorola thing right there, that logo, because I like it. But are they going to be around <laughs> for that long, though? I don't know. It's a good, it's a good question. I mean, obviously, we, are, we owe a lot to the history of a company like Motorola because of where we are now. 
R and D owns know. like R and D and mobile, like literally. Like yeah. we can we can thank the iPhone all we want for the modern smartphone, but we have to remember that none of that would have been possible without Motorola. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Um StarTech. What the heck is the Dynatech? Oh god, the, so the Dynatech is the original smartphone. The the original phone, sorry. Oh, the, original, yeah. the the Zach Morris the phone. Zach that's, Morris that's phone, right. Oh, that's what that was called. Yeah, that was the you know, I I, I have a feeling one day it's just literally going to be called the Zach Morris phone, which is a terrible thing. I mean, it already <laughs> is, right? <laughs> <laughs> we just referred to it as such. Dynatech. Okay. Yeah. For our listeners and for our viewers, remember, Dynatech. Don't just don't give Say by the Bell all the credit. Dynatech. Yeah, I, a lot of our viewers and listeners didn't watch Saved by the Bell. I mean, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but, well, I have, to, um, I, I have to say this. Like, my favorite, it, like, I was even thinking, could, could it be possible that I find it on eBay? A StarTac 7860? Mm. <laughs> oh my God, Dr. Martin Cooper. That got, there you go. Yeah, Jules was That was such a good episode for Michael, man. I can't believe that Michael was able to. To get that interview, which actually, actually, after that interview, Doctor Martin Cooper followed me on Twitter. That was great. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> nice. This might be Jules's way of telling me to step my game up as the host. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I'll bu- I'll book someone for you. Oh, you don't have look to at y- look at young Michael Fisher still in plaid. I'm so <laughs> proud of him. <laughs> now he wears now he wears vests. Vest. And now he wears vests and, <laughs> and reversible um, uh, pocket squares. And, and his hair doesn't <laughs> even go up like that anymore. He's <laughs> become so fancy. <laughs> oh boy! So I guess I guess as a final like sort of note for our um, that's a weird way to put it because we're talking about Motorola. As a final thought for Motorola uh, as we end this show, um, what did, what would you say is your number one memory from this company? Ooh, We've every, used a lot every, of Motorola every, devices. Everybody, everybody can start and let me be last because I have a lot of history with them. Let's ask Brandon, because Brandon, you're you're not necessarily uncharacteristically quiet on this, but I want to make sure you chime in more, man. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely think it was the StarTech because it came in many colors. It had so many form factors. And most of all, everyone had one because the price got low and people had them in holsters and it was just it was sexy. I mean, it was and so. And the holster small. was so sexy because it was the phone was backwards. You would only yeah. see the M at the front. Yeah. You could see like the sparkle of the light of service, in in uh, visible. It was just the coolest thing, man. Yeah, uh, Brandon. I know that you have a bit of a harder out today. Uh, so if you need to wave wave goodbye, just make sure you do so. Uh, let us know when you're on your way out. Um, all right, Jules, uh, any Motorola? It's got to be the Hasselblad camera, right? <laughs> Dear <laughs> Lord. Um, unfortunately, it's going to be a little, um, you know, recent, but not as recent as the Hasselblad. And it's the original Moto X, which I have never owned, but mostly just for the fact that it was a Google Agreed. product uh, and great, they kind of phone. infused uh, their own ideas. They had Moto Maker, for God's sakes. Like, that, that has so to cool. be the killer app for that, that so thing. Cool. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, 100%. Um, I was going to say the Moto X because of the Moto Maker as well. Uh, but since you said that, I'm going to bring it back to the Razer. Um, I, I actually have some pretty fond memories of that phone. And if you look at a Razer right now, like if you were to hold one in your hands, does it not, does, does it feel, it feels different now. Like back when it was first out, it, it had the sleek form factor and it was like click and it was nice and sharp because a Razer should be sharp. But when you look at it now, it's like, it's kind of it's kind of chunky. It's kind of dull. <laughs> yeah, it's 
kind of chunky and dull like you know but but my memories of having that phone were so i miss flip phones i wish we would get them back maybe foldable screens will bring us back there like it's nice it's all contemporary though because you had candy bards back then and uh, that was a little little Mm -hmm. it's because textured like like people underrate texture in our smartphone usage it's part of the reason why i actually really like using pop sockets and even though i don't have one right now the whole idea of me like holding it, but then when I'm done, snap, 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 bring it down, like texture. So that's what a that's what a foldable phone did. Is like when you were done, you were done. I don't think snap. a razor should be chewy. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 funny because um, so Motorola is not just in charge of innovation when it comes to the smartphone, but the, the, in the cell phone business. You know, they started as the the first company to build a radio, a car radio. That's how they started. That was yeah. the first product they ever made. So they, we had innovations there. Uh, we had innovations in two-way radios. Like the way we would communicate in airports, all of us had Motorola two-way radios. That's how we communicated. Uh, but I remember my first phone was a Nokia. But then because the cell phone carrier, most of the cell phone carriers in Latin America are owned by a company called Millicom. For those of you that don't know, Millicom is co-owned by Motorola. Uh, so, you know, that alone was the, one of the main reasons why there is so many Motorola products being sold back in the day, back in the CDMA days um, mm. of of the, you know, of the cell phone. And so, my God, I literally had almost every Motorola phone you could think of, from the Vulcan to the Vader to the StarTac to the Timeport to the... Listen to these like, names. My first I wish one, we had my these first names one was these the days. And you know what? So here's the thing. Like, right now, we praise Apple for things like design. Like, does anybody remember the V60, one of the first metal phones back in the day, the Moto V60? It was the first one with a secondary display. They used this, like, liquid type of LCD, which was, like, greenish, sort of a tint of blue. I remember my first text messages happened on a Motorola Time Port and, you know, how they came up with ways to do T9 and everything. Like, all these were Motorola innovations, guys. And then they came out with the Razer. Probably the coolest phone that I, I think that Brandon took a break right now, but I, I wanted to get his chime on that. There was a phone that never. Right. That, so does anybody remember the Motorola Q as well? Because Brandon yeah. has it right there. And so just think about how many phones were so great for Motorola right before the iPhone came in. But uh, probably my favorite one that never happened. Brandon, do you remember the MPX220? Didn't it have a flip screen or something? So it was a pocket PC that had a, a screen with two hinges. And so if you could open it vertically, it had a special hinge where you could open it vertically and you could use it as a dial pad to make a phone call as a flip phone. Or you can open it horizontally, switching the hinge, and now it had a QWERTY keyboard that you can use for typing. They canceled that, right? They canceled that. But, you know, Motorola came up with these, like, daring designs. And that's really what I miss about them, the fact that they were just these really cool products, very thoughtful products that – completely got diluted in the simplicity of the slab that came with the iPhone. Like all those companies from that era, they didn't have the capacitive touchscreen. They were going in a certain direction and the, you know, there was a, yeah. a total another different direction when when the iPhone came out. And and, and, the, and then even when the smartphones came in, like phone calls on a Motorola phone continue to be better than anything out there. Yep. It's like using, that's the problem. A lot of people don't know what a, what an what an analog phone sounded like, but they sounded like an analog phone where you were literally. It's like if you had somebody to, you were talking with somebody like right there, like right in front of you. It was that good, and that's how Motorola phones still sound today. 
You know, it's I, I miss those kinds of things. I wish that Motorola didn't end up the way it did because I feel that it deserves more limelight. True. Um, hopefully, maybe one day in the future we're going to see that happen. But until then, and on that note, that is going to be it for now. Uh, I want everyone to remember that the weekly is just as much a conversation as it is a show. So make sure you make your voices heard either in the comment sections or by emailing us at pocketcast at pocketnow.com. Podcast. You can also podcast tag- at pocketnow.com. What did I say? Pocketcast? At- you said at- for two weeks oh. of Pocketcast, which we do not own and do not have the rights to. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap okay okay let me redo that again and on that note <laughs> that is it for now uh remember that the weekly is just as much a conversation as it is a show so make sure you make your voices heard either in the comment sections or by emailing us at podcasts at pocketnow.com okay can I just say I use Pocket Cast all the time, so that's the reason why it's always in my mind. Anyway, um, you can also tag the cast on Twitter. There's one thing I want to say real quick before I give Jaime's handle. Can we all just appreciate the shirt that Jaime is wearing right now? Like, look at that. <laughs> it is you. a Thank parody you. of Reebok, but it's Cowboy Bebop. That is oh, yeah. the coolest thing. Thank you. Oh, right. Best cross. I've been looking every, at every, 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 It doesn't matter where I walk into. They're like, oh, that is the coolest shirt. I know. I know. Yeah, it's so good. Jaime <laughs> Rivera is at Jaime underscore Rivera. Did you get that ripped, Miniman by the way? What? what was that? Did you get that ripped? Of course, my friend. Everything. RipTheParrel.com. 10% discount oh. in the link in the description. <laughs> There we go. Affiliate link in the description. Just kidding. Uh, no, no kidding. <laughs> Brandon Miniman, who decided to go ahead and stay in for uh, the duration of our show, is found at Brandon Miniman. And I, oh, and we have to make sure, Jules, where are you in this script? <laughs> Jules, of course, in the booth, our producer extraordinaire, is found at Point Jules. See, he wasn't even in there, and I remember Jules, all right? And Thank I, you. of course, can be found at JV Tech Tea. You know me by now. I love tech, and I love drinking tea. Pocket Now is at Pocket Now at Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and YouTube in English and Espanol, where you can find more news on the Pocket Now Daily and Pocket Now Adario every weekday. We can also, we're also on PocketNow.com for all of your mobile tech needs. We would certainly appreciate your feedback through Google, Apple, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, or wherever you happen to be streaming us, because without you... We would not have been able to make this show for your eyes and ears for 325 weeks straight. With that, we're going to call it on this edition of The Weekly. Take care, and we'll talk tech again next week. There's a lot going on next week, too. <laughs>